0: Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. Harrison is a young
1: agent, a talent agent. We're a mid-sized talent agency. What we do is we help our actors and our talent to find opportunities, get them in the door, meet with casting
0: directors, producers, directors. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? Well, the agent's responsible for
1: managing the deal. So what we're going to do is we're going to negotiate the deal, which includes the monetary aspect, but also includes the on if there's any special conditions, if
0: there's travel. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis. Joining me as always is our co-host, Fred Keating. Right now, we are in a tower in downtown Vancouver, Canada, overlooking the wonderful Burrard Inlet, looking at North Vancouver. This is a fantastic view, Fred. Those are
2: the North Shore mountains there in all their snow-capped glory and fog-laden
0: slopes. And we're overlooking one of the busiest harbors on the uh, Pacific coast. And actually, this is also one of the, the biggest, most vibrant production centers in the world with respect to film and television. It's why we're here. Indeed it is. Uh, Probably third busiest in North America. And of course, uh, we did mention the beautiful view. We're in a glass room, and that's why we have this beautiful view. So it's, of course, a little bit acoustically challenged as well.
2: But we are in a lovely, lovely observation post.
0: Why don't you tell us uh, who our guest is today?
2: You know, we've brought to the table Harrison McTavish. Harrison is a young agent, a talent agent. We're a mid-sized talent agency in this area. And this is the first episode of a series on agents and the individuals that they represent. So while we traditionally view agents as representing simply uh, talent, performers that is, Actors and actresses of all ages, sizes, shapes, creeds, and colors. In fact, many craft categories, directors, producers, editors, a number of craft categories also have representation to try and drum up opportunities for them to meet potential engagers. And, uh, of course, once the door closes in the audition or interview space, it's up to the person. But the agent is often the one who can get those doors open for those opportunities. We want our listeners to know what currently the situation is like and so with great uh, pleasure I welcome to the table in this glass house Harrison McTavish. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Harrison, you heard the build up there. Mm -hmm. So you know what we're going after here. In this first episode, I want to talk about what you do for a living. I want you to to chat with us about what it's like to be an agent in case some of our listeners would prefer not to be the performer,
1: but to be the agent that opens the
2: door for the performers.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Lots of the time people say, Oh, what do you, what do you do? And it's talent agent. Oh, so you're like Ari Gold from Entourage. Yeah, so that is probably the opposite of what we do. It is definitely not on that glamour scale. What we do is we help our actors and our talent, um, whether it be in film and TV, uh, commercial theatre to find opportunities, get them in the door, uh, meet with casting directors, producers, directors, um, to ensure that they are getting the best opportunity and taking their talent out to a widespread of people.
2: Let's say you have arranged an audition for one of the uh, performers you represent and they
1: book that job, then what does the agent do to assist the talent? Well, the agent's responsible for managing the deal. So what we're going to do is we're going to negotiate the deal, which includes the monetary aspect, but also includes the onset, if there's any special conditions, um, if there's travel, if there is hotel requirements. We're looking after our actors and our clients, um, the contract details of the particular negotiations. And what we want to ensure is that our clients are getting the best that we can possibly offer and what we can possibly get from production and casting.
2: And also that this, these are not issues that the talent has to worry about. They can focus on just doing the best job they're capable of and, uh, and hoping to continue from that on to many more.
1: Absolutely. Because of the creativity required to do some of the things that our talent are doing, uh, we want to ensure that we are removing any, anything that can come up.
0: Now Harrison, tell us the story about how you became an agent yourself.
1: Sure. short version was I was in the oil and gas industry, finished my MBA, the money is great and that's what the appeal was but you just have to find something that you're passionate about. Uh, I've always been passionate about film and television, I've always been a big movie buff just decided that, you know, it was time for a change and time to follow something that I really wanted to do. I was fortunate enough that I had family in the industry who were doing quite well. I used my connections to get an interview and meet up with somebody who could at least direct me in the right way in how to become a talent agent or, or a producer or something like that. I was fortunate enough that I met my current boss. We got along very well. Did about a year of interning and, uh, there we have it. It was in the game.
2: He or she must have been pleased that you had uh, some sort of business uh, expertise and the MBA. Absolutely,
1: that was an asset. Just from not only my education but also from my work experience, we were doing deals, oil and gas deals. But I think one of the things with this industry is that you find is that you're working so closely um, with other people, and it's not always a business dealings. Lots of it's personal. And when you become an agent and you become so. in so many people's lives. It is, at the end of the day, it's customer service.
0: You mentioned that part of your stepping stone into this business was using your connections, as you said. That really draws to the point that it's a relationship business, right? You really need people who can vouch for you as a person. Absolutely. It's integral to
1: find using anything you can have, whether it's being out and being social, um, using your sports team or using previous connections. You know, family is very is a very good connection but it only goes so far and you can only use so many people and how many people know you know does everyone in your family want to be an actor or an agent or in oil and gas who knows can you use those connections but one of the greatest things that I can say is definitely use your network connections.
2: We uh, often talk a lot about the importance of relationships. This whole podcast series is about how one can make a decent living while pursuing one's passion. Because for so many people, they are the passion is what you do on the weekend before you go back to your real job. Now, you've managed to find a real job that in fact allows you to exercise or pursue your passion. I, I haven't a clue if the money is similar to what you were making in oil and gas, but it sounds like there are uh, a variety of ways to judge currency, and, and coin isn't always the only one.
1: Yeah, there's definitely that an opportunity to, to do wonderful things, and that takes skill and it takes a good eye and finding the right actors to put into um, productions and and plays and commercials because that's how you are gaining back your monetary. Um, That's how you're making money you know at the end of the day. I always wanted to be a professional hockey player but you know did I have the skills to do it? Probably not. That's kind of where this whole idea of even being an agent started as well is that I thought hey if you can't do it be somebody you know use your skills customer service personality coupled with the knowledge of the game and so why not be a sports agent and you know that took me on a ride to law school and all that and it just wasn't where I wanted to be and so what I think you know to answer your question is you have to use your skills and use your passion but at the same time yes I found success in that but I'm also using you know my knowledge and, and creativity coupled with a passion And that's allowed me to be successful and find that job.
0: Part of what I hear you saying is that you really need to be realistic about what your skills are. So, for instance, you have great business skills, you have great people skills. Being an agent for you makes a whole lot of sense. Now, for somebody else who maybe has a bad memory, being an actor might not be right for you because you have to be able to remember your lines. What's your point? Nothing. Okay. Back to you, Harrison. It, it is. It's about figuring it out. And I,
1: I tell lots of the newer actors who come in here and it's figuring it out. And lots of these um, younger people get out of school and they're very electric, let's call it. It's not about that anymore. That's maybe theater. That's maybe some kind of commercials. But basically what it is, is how would two people have a normal conversation just as we are right now? It's very honest. It's very natural those are the skills you need it's not about necessarily going big and can I be huge and electric it's about how can I contain this and make it appear on screen and in front of other people that it's natural
2: that's the trick isn't it now before I ask you about because you brought up the sports analogy before I ask you about competition amongst talent and competition amongst agencies who want their boy or girl to grab the uh, the gold that day tell us a, a a happy story what what really turns your crank and makes you feel you are the right guy in the right place at the right time
1: it's the success it's the success of our clients i think like anything when you see people put in so much effort into a craft into something that they are passionate about and them going out and booking a series we had a uh, young gentleman who just booked a series uh, with ABC and you know there wasn't anyone who put in more time than him you know whether it's the self taping uh, going on auditions doing classes working with friends any of that and just being allowed to come for the ride with that as well and just watching the success kind of unfold and flourish it's it's just incredible and I think that's the most rewarding thing is just when they're like thank you so much it's like thank you for letting us be a part of that as well right
2: and when they don't win the raffle that day uh what's the agent's role for the guy who has had 30 auditions and been second or third choice many times and not gotten a sniff otherwise
1: well I think at that point it's there was a reason why we became a partnership in the first place. You know, it's not like we're flawless. We try to be, and we're you know, pretty close to it. But at the same time, you know, no one's perfect. And unfortunately, we can't control if, if the role doesn't go your way. Not always is it your fault. Maybe you're not right for it. Maybe who um, was just better that day. It doesn't take anything away necessarily from you as an actor. And so at that point, we're, we're there to comfort and to say, hey, you know, you have two choices. Either you can quit and you can feel like you aren't achieving anything or you can get back out there. And I hope that we're on the the ladder where we're saying, let's go. Let's go. Keep going. Keep pushing. Do more. What can we do? Do you need new headshots? Do you need, you know, new classes? What can we do for you? And that's that's our support. And that's another thing that's kind of an untold thing that doesn't really fall in our job description would be, Counseling, counseling and support and listening because it's
2: often not enough to be the better actor. It's such a visual medium. It can be the color of one's hair. It can be one's age. You can be told and friends of mine have been that they are the best actor in the room that day for that role and walk out thinking, well, there's one I've nailed. And it goes another way for a host of reasons that the performer can't
1: control. Absolutely. It's, it's, it goes through so many channels and it goes through so many levels, whether it's casting, whether it's uh, producer director network, it's difficult to control those, those aspects because certain people are looking for certain things and it has to go through the ringer. Each person goes through the ringer in order to get it. So you can't just say, Oh, you know, that was the best thing I could do. Of course, I'm going to get it because there's so many different levels that it has to, um, has to pass in order to be accepted. But at the same time, if you're doing good, consistent work, you're giving yourself a better opportunity to be successful than to say, Oh, you know, and, and we've seen it where people take on the attitude of, Oh, they're looking for this guy or they're going to just pick this guy or this guy always gets it. I think you, you fall into a negative spiral when you start to do that. And that's not,
0: not a good thing. Harrison, it seems that these principles that you're speaking about really apply to all of the disciplines in this industry, not only acting, but people need to compete to get the writing gig, to get the editing gig, to get the director's gig. Your thoughts on that?
1: I think it's wonderful. I think competition's wonderful. I think competition pushes a person to go beyond not only their comfort zone, but to create new things. And that's, I think, a huge thing, and especially the 21st century, but creating that new thing and and whether that's in writing or directing or even in acting. You know, we see a lot of competition even through the agencies and and through different production companies um, to find the best, either the best work, the best people. I I think it's a, a great thing. But at the same time, if you're looking at it thinking, oh, I can do this. Yeah, you can. You probably can but it's gonna take a ton of work and you have to be able to put that in and everyone hears that, oh, you know, it's really difficult to become an actor per se. You have no idea. You have no idea how difficult it is and to be as successful, everyone wants to be famous. And there's no, there's no thing, there's nothing, you know, it takes the words out of my mouth. There's nothing you can say to, to make somebody prepared for what it takes.
0: Do you have to really want it then to the point of obsession? Absolutely. It's,
1: you know, you hear in, in using acting terms, method acting, where you become the role. You have, to, you have to do that in your life. It's sacrifice. It's sacrificing family events. It's, you know, we had somebody have to miss Christmas because they were traveling, you know, for uh, production. Everything we do, we have to remove anything else that's going to allow us or that's going to keep us from being successful. Uh, illness. We've seen people battle illness in order to to go to auditions you're You're missing births of kids. My boss, in particular uh, was negotiating a deal while having a child, and that's a true story. I think that just speaks to the level of commitment that you have to have, whether it be in you know whether it be an agent, whether it be an actor. You talk about
2: this obsession, this need to be famous or to be recognized. Tell me what you know about individuals, and it's been in the papers, this is not news, who print up business cards saying they are a producer or they are an agent and in fact prey upon young people who have this obsession to be famous, to be rich, to be noticed, to be recognized. What protection or regulation is in place to prevent the abuse of the
1: power that an agent might have over a young person's life? I didn't know that, but that I guess that doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, you have you have a, a city like LA or Vancouver where a huge amount of people are actors or wanting you know wanting to be entertainers. People will prey on the week to get what they want, and these people are so committed and just want a chance, want that opportunity just to show themselves. And uh, you know any any sliver of of chance that we can get that, they're going to go for it, right?
2: And no offense. I mean, with all due respect, I want to warn families and young people about agencies. Some of them modeling agencies, some of them talent agencies, some of them not agencies at all, just an individual or a couple of individuals who make money off of the obsession of young people or their parents for getting famous and, of course, getting Getting rich. I I warn people all the time: any agent or agency that promises they can get you work is
1: lying. Right? You can't get me work. No. Our job is to put you in front of the, put you in front of casting directors. Right? And anyone saying, you know, I can get you an audition, we've seen that. Where where you know other talent agencies will say, come with me and I'll get you an audition tomorrow. Okay. And, you know, lots of times they deliver. But is that, is that the selling point that you want out of someone like that? Is that you're about to embark on what we hope is a lifetime relationship and partnership with somebody. We want to ensure that we're going to do the best job for you. And that's why I'm happy where we're at. And, you know, we have regulating bodies that, you know, TAMAC and things like that. Tell me about TAMAC. Well, TAMAC is is a talent agency uh, management association. It's essentially a a group of talent agencies, management companies that get together to ensure that almost like an actor's union, but not unionized, just to ensure that things are going the way they should.
2: So certifiable, like uh, you you have to agree to certain regulations or certain uh, standards of behavior, let's say?
1: Yeah, and what more so is is just to ensure that you have a group of people who are agreeing on the same thing and, and that regulations and that when negotiations, negotiations come up for contracts that they have a say, this is you know, for things like ACTRA or UBCP, SAG, any of those, speaking in North America, of course.
2: The episode two has more to do with what the people looking for an agent need to do to protect themselves and to pursue their passion safely and professionally.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, I can't wait to be back. Thanks, Harrison. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.